0: Hey guys, what's up? Seth here from the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I got to sit down with Ray on the Becoming Men podcast and it was really cool. This one's for guys. He's a dude's dude. He's in the military. He's awesome. I appreciate his service. We talked about a lot of things that guys don't even think about before we get married and ways to avoid some of those pitfalls. So, this is a really good conversation that you're going to get insight from. Take notes. You might want to listen to it twice. So, go there, check it out. What's going
1: on, man? Hey, man. Good to see you, Ray. Well, what's going on, brother? Well, I have a specific agenda having you on this podcast. I, I will all say, right. I think most of my listeners are actually younger and, and, and um, single men who are not married. We've got some married guys out there, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. having a marriage-licensed uh, therapy, uh, right? A licensed uh-huh. marriage A uh-huh. uh,
0: license, uh, licensed marriage and family therapist, yeah.
1: Boom. Ooh, Throw mm-hmm. all of that in there, man. Having you on the show, I think it's going to be... Uh, an extremely beneficial uh, conversation for the young guys listening Uh, real quick though. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, man.
0: Yeah. So my name is Seth. And uh, first of all, thank you for your service. Um, I appreciate it. You know, just uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. And uh, other others like you uh, men and women and, uh, yeah, so so my name is Seth. My wife's name is Melanie. We have a podcast called Anatomy of Marriage Podcast, and we we recently created a couple more podcasts, which are pretty cool. And we've been doing this for about four years. Actually, it'll be four years on February fourteenth. Wow, and it's been just really wow. fun. Uh, like you said, I'm a my, licensed marriage and family therapist, and. Been married for 16 years, got three kids, and we went through some really just crazy stuff, and which we'll, we'll get into, I'm sure. But we were like, how do we turn this around? How do we turn our mess into our message? And we got mm-hmm. through it. We know other couples can do that, but it really started with uh, – it didn't start with my wife. What she did or didn't do, it started with me. What kind of man, what kind of father, what kind of husband did I want to be first? And then stuff began to flow down river because we had it all backwards. We had it Ooh. all backwards before then. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm confused, though, because uh, you said you got married. And so everything should have been perfect after that. Right. No, isn't, right. isn't
0: that how right. it works? <laughs> that's the that's the myth man that we believe we're like oh yeah okay get engaged she'll be happy things will be cool you know i'll be happy things will be cool oh then we'll get married okay then we'll start rolling and man that is not that is not true and we all have thought that way i think or at least most of the folks that we talk to yeah i would say so thought that way and then we even think okay we'll we'll have kids then and like yeah that makes it all that that fixes everything i'm Oh my gosh! Right it it only it only puts a laser beam and a spotlight on all the stuff that's messed up in your marriage and all the stuff that you got to fix. Right. So like I said, we got three kids and we're making it work. We're definitely in a better place now than we were say ten years ago. A lot of growth. Tell me about that. A lot of growth. Tell me about that. Yeah. What was what was ten years ago? Six years in a marriage. Oh man. So all right, we we got married. I used to be in a touring band and um I was gone. You know, eight months out of the year. Well. Let me let me slow down. We were engaged and I was in a touring band. I was like, oh man, this isn't gonna work. So quit the band, started going to grad school. Then we got married. And like I said, we just didn't, we were just super young, naive, immature, like, oh, she'll make me happy, or he'll make me happy. They'll fix this. And quickly we found out that wasn't the case. We just kept on arguing and arguing and arguing. And we were in church at the time and uh we wanted to be like, okay, let's have a godly marriage, let's do the right thing. So I was uh I lied to her about porn, and then some other things that just didn't make sense, you know. And the thing was, it's like, okay, porn just didn't like blow our marriage up because I really wasn't I wasn't addicted to it or anything. She just asked me, and I felt put on the spot, and was like, I don't want to hurt you, so I just like, nah, it's cool, I'm I'm good with that, right? But like a guy, a lot of guys and women too, we're finding out. They're not really good with that and so she lost her mind she was it was right after we had our second kid and she had some postpartum depression stuff and like her mind was just just reeling right so long story short we fought and fought and fought she gave me a black eye which is like no dude gets married thinking all right this lady in front of me one day is going to give me a black eye no it doesn't you happen you don't <laughs> you don't think that man and so like you know, so what's that Mike Tyson quote? It's like, yeah, we all have a plan until we get punched in the face, right?
1: That's it. And yeah. I thought I had
0: a plan, but literally she gave me a black eye. There was no, like, I didn't, you know, retaliate, of course, you know, back to her or anything, but just had to take it. And like, oh, man. So we were both just trying to work through this. We were in counseling and stuff. But finally, we made it through. And that was only when we were like, oh, wait a minute. We had to look in the mirror. Seth, what am I doing? What are you doing, bro? You know, and Melanie looked in, in the mirror to herself, like, what are you doing? You're blowing up your marriage for, for no reason. You, you got kids, you can save this, you can work through it. And so that was about 10 years ago. And we've just been on a a positive trajectory forward with, with career stuff. Of course, with the podcast right now, we do high performance marriage coaching, walk other other couples through the same thing. And, uh, it's really cool. We we were finding our sweet spot and so that's where we were, you know that picture like where we were, where we are now. So it's like me with a black eye just looking all sad and pathetic to now we we have a show and like a healthy family and healthy kids and stuff like that. So yeah, we've definitely been blessed in that way. That's
1: beautiful, man. And I I will tell you I did not get a black eye,
0: but I did get keys to the face once.
1: That was that was tough. Oh. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, and, and, I don't and know. And then after that, I I was deserted. I went to work, and you know, my wife went UA. <laughs> she just yeah. she's like, "Dude, I'm out of here." And coming from a person who's like, I want things to look together, nice and tidy, you know, on the outside, right? Like I'm taught to have like perfect creases on my rack in boot camp. Mm-hmm. Like this is just natural stuff. Yeah, that wasn't the case in my marriage. My wife leaves me after four, month, four months of being married. And I'm like, "Wow, I'm a mess, right? So yeah. I, I absolutely can relate. But how does a man even get to a point where he says, okay, I I have to change something? Because you, you said something earlier that, you know, to get your mess to a message, you know, you have to start with the man. So how mm-hmm. does a
0: man even like wake up to this? Like, what what are some signs that he can be looking at? Oh, man, well- this is hard because it it can only come from within, right? Like if I don't know the problem is a problem, then what incentive do I have to change it? You know, if there's no, if there's no consequences over here or if I'm just ignoring the consequences and kind of like turning a blind eye to it. So, uh, man that's that's such a good question and I, I wish I'm thanking God that i I you know had the insight right but yeah. I got that insight from reading a ton of books listening to tons of sermons listening to a tons of podcasts and really thinking about you know growth versus fixed mindset like having a growth mindset like yeah yeah okay wait a minute it doesn't have to be this way we can change it and I really wanted to change it I knew that how I was living out as a man as a husband, Like there's got to be more to this, right? And there's there's a quote that I've been saying uh, recently a lot. And I don't know who said it, but it's this idea that, okay, wherever you are, like right here, right now, every previous decision and choice has gotten you right here. And that that can be good or bad, right? So my marriage was a mess because I wasn't showing up as a man. I wasn't showing up as a dad, as a husband, and now it's different because I'm showing up differently. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think yeah, yeah. awareness, <clears throat> I don't know if this yeah. answered the question or not, but does, awareness man. awareness is key. Like I give this example on our show. I'm a hunter. I like stuff in the woods and I go deer and elk hunting out here, which is great out in Washington. So if I'm out there on the trail, right, and I know that behind this big cedar tree, there's like a black bear just hanging out or a cougar, right? We have cougar mountain lions out here. And uh, if I know that something is up there, then what am I going to do? I'm going to get my weapon. I'm going to like stance appropriately or just turn around and go back the other way, right? I'm going to do what I can to avoid that situation, not have a confrontation. But if I'm just walking willy-nilly through the woods and boom, come up on that mountain line with cubs or something, what do you think is going to happen? There's going to be trouble. You know what I'm saying? So awareness is curative. If I'm aware of the situation up ahead of me, then I can be proactive versus reactive you know what i'm saying and a lot of guys a lot of guys going back to what we were saying earlier it's like oh get married and things will be cool you know we'll we'll have sex every night or whatever like oh we'll make dinner all this stuff is just like no that's that's not how it works so let's yeah let's have conversations around these let's be proactive instead of reactive um and and go there before uh, before we get in trouble right so awareness is curative
1: that's man i think you took it exactly where we needed to go with this because i'm I'm thinking of what it was that brought me to a place of such ignorance where I thought, Okay, I'm dealing with everything I'm dealing with inside. I'm like totally fatherless, I'm a self made man. I'm just trying to figure things out right. I have no example of a healthy marriage for over a hundred years in my family, right Wow, and so. I'm going to go ahead and make this thing work though. Let's move this woman from across the United States away from her support system, move her into a small one-bedroom condo by the beach in California and then disappear for 65% of my first two years of marriage. I did the math month by month. Wow. Right? That's let's crazy. do that. And then let's see how she reacts when I tell her that I'm having thoughts about women from my past and about pornographic videos that I watched before, even though I'm now a saved Christian and I don't do that anymore, right?
0: Right, right. Well, yeah, it's like, what what so ideally you would thought okay yeah we'll do this this will work but in reality it's like it's really hard to be in relationship to a person if we if you never see them you know yeah, I mean yeah wives girlfriends or even just friends like me and my buddies like if I haven't seen them in a couple you know six months or whatever and that goes on and on and on it's like well I can't be surprised if we've kind of drifted away a little bit yeah, so yeah man that's crazy
1: so then you know you said if. I don't know. The problem is a problem. You know, you're you're in a bad spot. And I'm thinking of you know, there's this kind of diagram that says you can either be the best place to be is consciously aware, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you can also be consciously unaware, and that's when you're like, hey, I'm conscious of what I don't know, and so then I'm gonna go try to figure it out. But the most dangerous place you could be is unconsciously unaware. That's like when you're the guy who's walking around. Inside of you're like the, I'm thinking of an ox inside of an antique store. Like you're like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that. I didn't know I was, you're right. bumping into everything. You're crashing everything else around you, but you don't even know the catastrophic damage that you're causing. And I think, man, so many men walk out of their childhood homes like a big old ox, right? An 18 year old frame with the 12 year old mindset, emotionally and mentally. And just yeah. they're like, well, I, I don't know why you're offended at me. I'm fine, you know. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with me. Have you seen that? Have you how have you seen that play out? If you have,
0: oh man, I, I think you said it perfectly. That that ignorance, but then also paired with that is an arrogance. You know mm. what I'm saying? So like, wow, I've, yeah. I I've worked with um, uh, teenage kids in the past doing different mental health groups and stuff like that, and I I've, I've I was this way at one point too in my own life. I was arrogantly ignorance, which is about Ooh. the worst combination because you're like, okay, Yikes, my friend, I, I'm immature. I don't know crap, but I think I do. And then I'm just out there making a fool and going, what, what's the big deal? What's this? And it's like, I'm just, you know, I, I would equate it to like spending money I don't have. And then not even understanding how debt works kind of thing. But like, you know, the debt collectors like, Hey, you, you did this or like, what's the big deal? This is the big deal. You owe me money kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, um, awareness is key around that. And it, man, this is funny. Cause I was writing about it in my journal today. It's, it's also about being humble, you mm. know, like humbling yourself, like, okay, I'm okay. And maybe, maybe us men have a hard time saying this too, with, you know, all, all kinds of things that we learn from family of origin or culture or whatnot. It's like, Oh, I have to be okay with not knowing something, you know, like we always don't have to know everything and save the day because a lot of times, like friends and family and myself too, I've experienced to where, like, okay, I don't know, I don't know the landscape here, but I'm going to act like I do, and then it usually causes a bigger problem. Yeah. If we would have just said, "Hey, you know, this isn't my wheelhouse right now," uh, you know, I mean, in, in the military, you know, you, you all have very defined positions. You know That's what I'm right. saying? Like, okay, That's this right. guy's this guy's up front. This guy's got the flank, whatever it is, and you count on him. So. You're doing everyone a disservice if you're like, oh, yeah, I know about that machine or, you know, whatever, yeah. this plan. You're like, you get no, on you don't.
1: it and you know nothing. Let yeah. this guy,
0: yeah, let this guy do it. So really, then uh, f- that goes back to where where I could like attribute to some of my growth was like, oh, wait a minute. You thought you knew all this stuff, but you don't. That's okay. Yeah. But it's not, it's not okay to remain there. You got to have that realization like, oh, I don't know what I don't know. Let me go out and get that knowledge. Yeah. Let me go out and have that growth mindset. Talk to other men, listen to shows like this, read books, listen to podcasts. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, which is a transition because sometimes we have to unlearn that stuff. You, know, you said that you didn't grow up with a dad. You know, And a lot of us didn't have dads who were you know, super stellar, you know, maybe drug and alcohol abuse in our past. For me, that's definitely in my past. So we got to be like, okay, this is the landscape of it. I don't want it to be that way. So what do I have to do to take, to take ownership? You know, I'm thinking of Jocko Willink, extreme ownership, which I love his stuff. You know, it's like, oh, that extreme ownership. Okay, let's, let's take that and change it. And then yeah. that can be really empowering too. You know, it's like, whoa, I got the power to change this. All right, let's do this. So true, so true. And then, mm-hmm. you
1: know, you said it before, man, it's like being proactive. And I'll, I'll add in one word in there, being intentional, right? So you're intentionally proactive. So let, let's mm-hmm. say there's a young guy listening right now. Um, and by young guys, just know, I'm talking like, I I could see, you know, the statistics of everybody's like between the ages of like 20 to like 34 is a majority of this audience. So you're, you know, you're Mm -hmm. a young guy if you're, you know, even in your forties. Um, so (laughs) you're a young guy, um, and you're just becoming aware that this pornography thing might not be it, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe this isn't good, but you're just at the consciously unaware level. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, but I want to know a little bit more about it. Well, we got you here, Seth. And that, that's exactly right. why I wanted to bring you on. So tell me, like, what or how have you seen pornography affect a marriage? You mm. know, there's guys who are married and there's guys who one day plan to be married. So talk to them.
0: Yeah, it's like oftentimes men and women who use pornography uh, think that it's a, a victimless thing. You know what I'm saying? And there's all kinds of statistics about really horrible stuff like sex trafficking and like drug and alcohol abuse while this stuff is being made. And it's really a terrible, sad situation. Right. And you think, oh, it's just a victimless crime or not a crime, but a victimless thing. No problem. But those are real people on the other side you know what i'm saying those are real daughters and mothers and all this stuff and i'm not saying like oh yeah i've never looked at it and you know that's not a problem or anything like that i'm not like preaching because i'm holier than thou or anything like that i'm just saying okay this is the the other side that a lot of people don't that's see true. right that's true and oftentimes what we see is become so normalized especially with i think what is it it's like the average age that the um uh, uh male views pornography of some kind i think is around eight years old eight yeah, years old getting-
1: I was going to say eight or nine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, 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 like the, the imprint that, that, that puts on the brain is right. And not, not to mention the objectification of, okay, pornography serves like one, one end. Right. And that's, you know, for the guy to go and it's like, okay, this is a very independent thing. I'm, I'm objectifying women. It's all about me. Right. So it can even be considered like a selfish pattern that we get into, Yeah, which may be confusing, but I'll explain some more. So, when going back to the first exposure of of some type of porn at like 8 so that sets up a pattern it's like oh women females are 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 meant to, to to serve me in this way right i can just use them or or whatever and then how does that play out into relationships well hey you're not doing that stuff i saw what's wrong with you what's wrong with this relationship right and it puts up so many unreason- run, unreasonable unreasonable Expectations in relationships and especially in marriage yes. and also the damage that uh, wives feel when when a husband confesses or when they get caught or whatever. There's a million different ways it can be exposed. But like, wait a minute, I'm right here. I'm not enough. Why are you going out? It, it would be like, so I, I've been pr- the primary breadwinner, I guess, in our marriage for for most of our marriage. And it would be like, I like to give analogies. Then it would be like this, like, Hey Seth, this is my wife talking. Hey Seth, the money you bring home isn't good enough. I'll take it, but it's not good enough. I'm going to go out and talk to other guys to get money. I'm like, what? Hold, what? Hold the phone. Like, you know, then that, then that like really impacts me. So it's not just a victimless thing. And oftentimes a lot of husbands are like, who cares? It's so normalized, whatever culture, this. And it's like, no oh, man you are leaving such a deeper relationship with your wife on the table for this over here like for things you'll you'll never touch you'll never speak to you'll never see in real life you're leaving that all there and it's almost just a um it's just a waste you know yeah. what i'm saying and yeah, uh, and i know a lot of guys struggle with it and stuff but if we begin to think of it in a different kind of light and go oh wait a minute man this this does affect me. And it's also like giving your, your energy uh, away to something else that just isn't going to give you any return. You know what I'm saying? Like if I go Absolutely. to the gym, if I go to the gym, I'm on the bench, I'm doing the reps, I'm expending my energy, but what is it doing for my body? I'm getting a stronger heart healthy lungs, getting a physique. You know what I'm saying? Which has obvious other benefits. I can be there for my wife. I can be there for my kids to run around but then with porn and stuff like that even like any kind of addiction it's just like taking your energy and just tossing it over there for a minute of i don't know checking out for a minute of release for a minute of gratification and then yeah. boom you can't you can't get that energy back you know so that's how it affects people in in marriage and of course other relationships too which there's yeah. all kinds of other stats on it but that's just a little tip of the iceberg
1: you know, that, that last piece that you just said right there uh, points to some things, man, that I, I don't think we talk about enough. And it's the symptoms or the, um, the causes, I should say, of why mm-hmm. we're even doing this. And you said, you know, whether it's just wanting to check out, to have a release, I'll say to gain some control right. As Mm -hmm. another one, like we look at pornography as the issue that it is. And we say, okay, let's start, you know, take a fly swatter and just start swatting at these flies of pornography. It's like, get away from me. You know, some people will try to go get prayer. Some people will try to and get like, you know, apps on their phone and, you know, do all go through all these great lengths, but not realize Mm -hmm. like, dude, that's just one symptom of a larger problem. And if you would just go and shut the door. That's letting all of these flies in. You would actually take care of a major issue, and so yeah, we uh, love that. one of them.
0: Check yeah. it out. Well, let, let me let me just expand on that a little bit because, yeah, like, yeah. being a, a, a mental health professional for I don't know about 14 years now, it, it's like okay, this these things: pornography, alcohol, workaholism, anything, watching Netflix 24 seven. That is a symptom of something else, right? Like the Bible talks about, like, oh, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue, okay? So let's dig in there and see what's going on. And that could be something that's maybe unresolved from my childhood, family of origin stuff, too much stress. Like, how do I cope with stress at work? Like, other things you said out of control. Like, okay, my work life is out of control. I'm letting all these things happen to me. Well, at least I can control that when I click that or pop that top or do whatever, you know, or like stay in the office for 12 hours every day. At least I can control that. So it's really doing the work there's this there's this uh one quote i really like and sometimes the only way out is through Mm. you know what i'm saying so the only way out of like whatever you're whatever you're in whatever you're going through is not just sitting there you know sometimes they say if you're going through hell keep on going yeah (laughs) right yeah um so it's like okay let's do the work let's dive in and get down and dirty and do that work like oh man what what about my relationship with my dad yeah it sucks and i'm carrying all kinds of stuff from that or yeah. my mom, or like something that happened to me in my past or whatever, you know, it's always usually symptomatic of something else that's unresolved, which is hard we, stuff, man. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating it. It's hard stuff.
1: We have a kind of legend in the Marine Corps. His name's Chesty Puller. And we, and he uh, is said to have been surrounded in Korea, which is true. Um, all of the troops are surrounded. And his quote to the troops was, we're surrounded. Good. Now we can attack in every direction and they can't get away. <laughs>
0: you know, oh, wow. not, that's a
1: way to just look at the situation. Like, hey, if you're in it, good. Like, at least, you know, you're getting through it. You're going through it. Or, or you know, I love, uh, you know, if you're in the valley of the shadow of death, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you feel like you're that low, first of all, let's have some hope that there's only a shadow in that valley because there's sun on the other side, right? So there's, right, there's, right. there's a way out there, So we got to get through. Um, that's well, good, even, man. even,
0: even you, you can't have a shadow without light. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it's, I'm saying? I just thought of that. I'm like, Oh man, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. So even if you find yourself in the shadow in the dark, it's like, there can't be dark if there. I mean, there can't be a shadow if there's no light. So Boom. you know, wait till the morning. Okay. Let's see that light.
1: Boom. Um, mm-hmm. so moving on, man, I got a specific situation that I want to bring up to you. This, right. was a, this was a, a little troublesome, I guess, because I didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, I didn't know we were going there, but it, we quickly got there. I was in a conversation with somebody uh, two days ago and they were telling me and kind of just explaining how they were going to move in with somebody that they had just met. Mm. Um, they knew it's been kind of a um, little bit too, too soon, but they were going to give it a trial run Here's Here's two things I want to bring up in one. First. Yeah. What are your thoughts on these little like trial run of let's see how this works? And then secondly, when I asked this person, hey, how long have you guys been talking or been, you know, together? The person had to go onto Tinder to find out. What? And so then my next question was if you're seeing this person and they're moving in with you this week, why do you still have a Tinder? <laughs>
0: oh man. That's <laughs>
1: Let's unpack that real quick um, and just get more consciously aware <laughs> about some yeah. stuff here. Um again, your thoughts on trial runs, living together. Man,
0: <laughs> if it's a car, okay, sure. You want to test drive that thing. But a lot of people <laughs> go, Oh, let's we're just doing a test drive or or this or that. But it's like it's not, it's not as transactional as that. It's like, oh, if I don't like this car, I'll take it back to the dealership and go find another one, right? There's emotions involved. You know what I'm saying? There's emotions, and I believe even there's like that that spiritual energy too. It's like, you know, when you're with someone in that way, you're 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 tying up emotions to them. So, I, I don't like that idea. I mean, there's all kinds of stats. In fact, that most um, cohabitating relationships, when they turn into marriage, have a higher divorce rates than uh, the the national average. You know, if you live mm-hmm. basically, if you live together first and then get married, if you test run stuff. Um, and man, I mean, especially for this, this, this guy, you know, no judgment on him, but like, bro, that, I don't think this is wise. You know what I'm saying? It's like lending, lending your, I don't know, drunk uncle, you know, another hundred dollars for, you know, for the 18th time. I'm like, that's, you know, you're not going to get it. It's just a bad idea. Hmm. So I I don't believe that. So this is as a marriage and family therapist and also just a, a guy that's, I mean, my, I'm in my forties. So. I used to counsel a lot of young boys and they're like, Oh, I got this girlfriend, you know, we're 17 and 18. We're moving in. I'm like, bro, don't, Mm. don't do it. And it never, it never was beneficial. So I would ask this guy, I'm like, okay, what are you looking for? Right. Let's dive in. How are relationships modeled for you growing up? You know, what do you, what do you really want? Because uh, sometimes it's like, it's like, um, you're playing house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is just make believe. It's like, uh, it's just not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Um, and uh, mm, yeah, how about this? You're rushing into it with, with not enough information, you know, that's good. You're, you know, yeah. just he, he's diving right in. And, uh, I mean, that, that's a good point, Ray. You said, okay, wait a minute. You met this girl on Tinder. You guys are moving in, but you still have Tinder. It's like, is this, is this your, your out or you're, you're still playing around. It's like, right. You can't, you can't have a house. You can't build a house while you're like, I don't know, not doing the work. You know, you got a bunch of houses where it only has like three, two by fours up. You're like, Oh yeah, I got one over there. And over here, it's like, you're playing (laughs) house, you know, where are you going to, where are you going to sit down? And I I, I think that, you know, again, no judgment, but I, you know, this guy has some work to do, uh, internally, I think it's like, I would ask him like, tell me about the last, you know, three relationships you've had, um, Mm kind of thing you know so that, that that's where, that's where i would go so yeah no i i, I tried
1: to go there i'll be I, it's, that's why i think it's interesting that you said that i tried to go there and it was uh i was met with well yeah uh i've done worse so yeah i moved in with somebody after three days my question oh how'd that oh work out? it didn't it didn't work out. i'm like okay so this one's gonna work <laughs> out right I'm yeah like, or or yeah and you know i didn't know this person was married before it's like well you know so and what happened with other relationships? Well it's like, well, after my me and my husband split up, I'm like, okay, so there's a there's a thing here, there's patterns. Let again, let's get consciously aware,
0: right? Right. Like pay right. attention to these things. Yeah. And and looking at patterns too, like I find this so helpful, not only in my own life, but if I'm like in a rough spot or something or got some anxiety about like, hey, where where should we where should we pivot here if it's like a big decision. Okay. Raising kids, buying a house, changing a job or anything like this. It's like, okay, slow down, Seth. Let me look at the patterns um, over the last five, 10, 15 years of my life. Okay. What keeps on coming up as a theme, you know, good and bad things. It's like, yeah. I know for sure that, okay, I, I'm a helper. I am a speaker and I'm a creator, right? All those things, no matter if it's jobs, podcast, contents, that's just, that's just where I go. That's how God made me, right? But then also I go, oh, okay, what's your other pattern? Mm, you tend to check out. You kind of go here for comfort. You kind of avoid conflict. So it's important to be consciously aware of all those things and go, hmm, okay, slow down. Hold up. It's been three days. I'm not moving in with this girl. <laughs> you yeah. know? Or, yeah. or uh, just just look at it completely different. So I think that person's got some work to do. And it's really helpful to just look look back you know, 5, 10, 15 years, like, okay, what's been good? What's been bad? What do I want to see less of? And what do I want to see more of? And maybe for this person it's like, I want to see more of a real relationship that the person respects about and cares about me and values me. You know, I want to see less of like hooking up after three days, moving in, then moving out two weeks later, over and over and over kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you kind of said this in the passing, but Uh, I think journaling is one of those uh, acts that we can invest maybe 10 minutes in and get amazing interest, return on investment. Um, Just because we'll we'll sit there and we think that we're just kind of like, Sometimes I feel like I'm just going through the motions when I'm journaling and then I'll come back two days later. I'll reread something. I'll be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that that was in there. Let's unpack mm-hmm. that. Uh, so guys yeah. that are really desiring to really get intentional, uh, get proactive and get more aware of the things going on. I would invite you to just give it a try. Give it a trial run. That's where you should give a trial run, right? Like, right, right. Journaling a trial run. Um, I but, like that. Uh,
0: you bring it, you bring it back around. to try back in. <laughs> What would you
1: um, have wanted to hear if you were, you know, 20 years old again? Mm. I will usually, let me give you some background. I usually ask all my guests to do this in one minute. I'm like, you're about to show up, talk to your 20 year old self for one minute. What would you say? But I think this, this is so important. I want you to take as much time as you need, man. Um, Some things that you just wish, knowing everything you know now, what you would say to your 20 something year old self.
0: Yeah. So, uh, there, there's this saying that I really like a lot. And, uh, it says, um, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. And you, you know, my wife says, I've told you the same thing five or 10 times, but you know, Ray says it once and you're like, boom, you got it. Or, or, you know, some other guy I, in my life or whatever. I, hear that too you know, much. She, I know, I know, but, but it's really true. So it's like, okay, I, I would, I would go back and say, okay, Seth, you're smart. God is, you know, uh, putting you some gifts, talents that are very specific to you. Lean into those, man. Lean into those. And this like, I mean, it's really, you can get even kind of emotional when you're thinking about this because you're like, oh, man, you're right. And I would say lean into that, man. Trust who, who God made you to be. You have things to offer. Uh, here's where you're going to get in trouble in a couple times. Be smart, be wise. You know, some of my favorite books in the Bible are Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, right? Mm-hmm. The wisdom books, just full of that stuff. Like, okay, be wise, you know, look to other men. You know, it's okay that you don't know what's going on. It's okay that you don't know, but be thirsty, you know, search for wisdom in that way. So that's, yeah. that's the, I mean, I know that was a short answer, but man, it, it, if I could go back, it'd be like, hey man, you're good, you're okay trust trust in the gifts that you're you're culti- that God is cultivating in you and yes. lean into those you know and it's like it's all right, it's all right it's weird. I don't know why this this came up to me, but um when I was younger uh I always used to go i would just go to this place in my mind I'm mean younger like five six, seven eight, nine ten. And even sometimes now, I would go back and like if I was in like really stressful situations where, you know, on the school playground or like even even worse, more, more anxiety producing stuff, I'd be like, okay, Seth, you're going to sleep in your bed tonight, right? And it was that like innate knowing that was like, okay, God is there. You're going to be okay, right? And sometimes as we get older, when we have kids and jobs and careers and all this stuff, we get all this anxiety like, oh, we're going to do the right thing and this and this, this. It's like, no, you're okay. Sit back in that. And I know I'm just spitting out a ton of quotes here, but here's one of my favorites that has really helped me. And I've had about 80 favorites here, so I apologize. Send it. But I believe it's in Psalms. And uh, it's that line that says, um, be still and know that I am God, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And then my father-in-law was a very wise man, said, Seth, I want you to think about that and then go, be still and know that I am. Mm. Be still and know. Be still and then finally, be and that just like i mean i get cold chills just thinking about it right now because it's like it goes back to what i would say to my younger self it's like seth you just got to be trust that trust that god is inside you and has given you gifts to do what you're supposed to do just be because we at least for me i get so caught up in this and money and saving face and this and this and that which all of us you know especially young guys we're like oh yeah i gotta do this and It's like, let's just be, man. Just be. So that's what the older, that's what the current self would say to the 20 year old self. It's like, all right, man, go live, but you just got to be at the end of the day and have that knowing, have that trust.
1: That's key right there. Something that we've been pointing to a lot in this becoming men, right? Mm. And then I think we think of ourselves so much as human doings instead of human beings. And we just do, 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 uh, you know, action here, action there, especially like action driven guys um mm-hmm. guys who are just go getters want to go after it, and even some females you know but like when you just stop and i lo- I love how you g- broke that down just to be yeah and know that he is God, be and yeah. pause that that's uncomfortable. I found out um in my early twenties that i didn't like to stop because I had to think, and when mm. I had to think i didn't like to like come uh fully become fully aware of what was there
0: yeah, you know, when, yeah. I, when
1: i stopped my projects because i would bounce from project to project never finishing them though okay only get 90 percent of the way there yep. uh, which yep. is good enough uh so I'd, I'd have all these projects going and when i would finally stop i'd be like talking to myself, you know, it just comes up in my head. Like, you're only doing that because you feel like uh, you're angry at your dad that he didn't teach you to do this. Uh, you're doing mm. that for affirmation. You did that because you knew that those people would be watching. You're just going after this military accolade because you're a show-off and this, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I, okay, I got to get back to doing, you know?
0: Yeah. It's too yeah. ugly. Yeah. It's hard, man, but it goes back to that, what you said at the top of the show, that conscious, um, no, I'm sorry, the, the the conscious, not a conscious Awareness. awareness. You, yeah, but okay. And then being brave enough and strong enough to work through that, like, oh, I'm just doing this military accolade because of this. Okay, let me let me work through that. Let me, let me figure that out. So going yeah. after that accolade isn't a bad thing. You yes. know, you're helping a lot of people. You're doing good. You're building your career. That translates back to how you're supporting your family. That's not a bad thing, but what are the motives behind yes. it? Like, oh, okay. I know that if I get caught up in this and this and this, I'm going off track a little bit all right, Right. Ray. Okay, Seth, let's get back here. Let's get back to center. Let's just be. And journaling is a really help. It's personally helpful for me to get back to that center every single day. Like, you know, these different affirmations, like, okay, you got this, you're good. Let's go kind of thing. So giving yourself a pep talk sometimes every day in that way is, is really helpful. So yeah, that's a great point, man. So would your
1: advice to yourself change? Um, if I would say now you're talking to your 30 something year old self, you know, maybe a decade ago, you're married. Mm-hmm. You said you had a, already had some kids.
0: Yeah. Well, but not, not before then we, I have, we have three in, in our marriage right now and we've yeah, both yeah. only been married once. Yeah.
1: I'm saying by the time that you're 30. Oh, you're, okay. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we so our would our first your son. advice,
1: to, your advice change at all?
0: <laughs> well, that depends if the 20-year-old me took the advice over those uh, 10 years, you know what I'm saying? Because then I would be in a different point. But uh, no, I, I don't good. think it would change. <laughs> it, it wouldn't change much. I would add to it because it would okay. be a reminder like, okay, a 30-year-old Seth, take that advice, man. You know, still live it. You got to practice this. But then also it's like, okay, your kids only want you. They don't care about the money. They don't have many, They don't care about how many clients you have or the, you know accolades. Really, going back to that is like they want you. They want your Man. time, right? Yes. Wow. Mm. So yeah, I, and and it's not like I've made a disaster of that either. But you know, we do get caught up in our in our career and making money and all this stuff. It's like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I would say, Seth, say yes more to your kids, right, mm-hmm. and say no to all these other things out there because your kids need you absolutely they need you so say yes seth say yes more to your kids
1: that's good that's good man so much wisdom here man and actually uh on the on the note of wisdom now i'll put you on the spot Uh, okay okay best tips that you got for the single guy who's looking Mm. the single guy who's like all right i think i am consciously aware of a lot of things that i want to work on but still like you know, I'm not going to strap just to be perfect. I I, want to, I want to do this.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's a great question, man. So I have a, a couple of thoughts and okay. Don't believe for one second that that lady that you're going out there and searching for is going to fill some kind of hole that you're trying to fill, right? Only you can, can acknowledge that and work on that. Now, I'm not saying that a wife, you know, isn't, complimentary to stuff she you know she's she's the best part of me right she makes me feel things that i've never known possible in really good ways and points these out so she does she's very compliment complimentary i guess is the word there but if i'm looking to her or if these young men are looking for a fiance or a girlfriend to be like oh i'll be happy when you know i meet xyz chick that then that's that's not going to happen right so i want i want the young people to be um uh, solid in who they are. Growth mindset. Listen to podcasts. If you didn't have a mom or dad in your family who was a good example, go out and get those right. If I want to take diet advice, who do I go to? I go to a trainer. I go to you. I go to the trainer at the gym or whoever who has a six pack and who is like fit and can run a quick minute mile or whatever. I'm not asking the dude who's been overweight, you know, for for ten years. You know, same as financial advice. So for these young guys, see what kind of relationship or identify rather what kind of relationship you want in, in all aspects and then seek that out, set a standard for yourself. You know, oftentimes I, I, I actually created a list before I got married to Melanie wow. and it was things it wasn't like, Oh, she's, you know, five, four and weighs one eighteen or anything like that. It wasn't on the superficial side. It was more of like, you know what? I want her to uh, because at the time I was, well, I'm still in college educated, but uh, I wanted her to have a degree You know, and just it didn't matter what, but it's like, okay, that's something relational we can talk about. And I appreciate that part. Um, I wanted her to be like an artist because you know what? I like that stuff, too. And I want her parents to be like together and have a strong sense of family. Christian was one. uh, Absolutely. And like just these things of like, you know what? That makes sense. And that would make a good pairing rather than like, oh, this chick I met on Tinder, you know, I don't know, she dropped out in eighth grade or, you know, and again, that's not a judgment. I'm just like, hey, that's not a smart, that's like buying, buying some like rusted out beater car with 300,000 miles on it, you know, uh, on Craigslist. It's like, that's not a smart idea. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I I would say, hey, set some sort of standard for yourself, men. What kind of lady do you want in your life? What kind of lady? who uh, is, is this lady, does she have a growth mindset? Is she future oriented? Does she want kids? Do you want kids? You got to be on the same page with that. Um, so that, that's what I would say. Set, set a standard and just don't deviate from that.
1: Yeah. And I'll actually add in there, you know, you set that standard. And then by setting that standard, you know what kind of person she is, right? Mm-hmm. And so then what you can do is become the person who you're looking for is looking for. Because right. then that person has a standard and a list and you might not fit that because you're actually a bum and you're actually, <laughs> you know, you're unathletic. You don't, you don't have any drive, you know, stuff like that. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, be the person that you want to be with. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Melanie said that somebody asked her this question years ago. Actually it was a counselor when we were going through a hard times, and the lady was like, Melanie, would you want to be married to yourself? And her answer at the time was no. Hmm. And because it was no, she started to change, right? So uh, young men, be the type of person, the type of human that you would aspire to be married to. Growth mindset, hard worker, all these things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: that's good. Seth, where can these guys find you? Because I know after this conversation, they're hungry for more. They're like, who is this guy, Seth Studley? What does he have? How can I get connected?
0: Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. So you can find anything we do at Anatomy of Marriage on Instagram, Facebook, and then also we just did a recent rebrand and uh, it's also at the Studleys. So that's uh, the and then our last name, S-T-U-D-L-E-Y-S, the Studleys, Uh, anatomyofmarriage.com. We also do high performance marriage coaching, which, you know, for folks who know that there's more out there, they like want to step up their their game right we did coaching a long time ago it absolutely changed our lives and it's that accountability piece that really right. like just keeps you there and like somebody who's been through it before and knows the ropes a little bit and uh so that's something that we're uh, really enjoying right now if you got any questions you can email us at hello at anatomy check out the podcast of course we just released uh a new podcast called anatomy of sex and you can find that which we talk about all, you know, sexuality within marriage and stuff. And just, you know, we go anywhere because it's, it's a lot of fun and people have real questions and then also anatomy of family, which we got three kids. We talk about parenting and uh, discipline and homeschooling during COVID and all this craziness. So yeah, those are things we're doing. We're enjoying it a lot. That's excellent. Gentlemen,
1: until next time, continue to march.